Welcome to Inside Divorce. My name is Hindel Grossman, the owner of a law firm called Grossman & Associates LTD located in Newton and Nantucket, Massachusetts. Today I'm sitting with Kelly Adams and Margaret Welburn, known as Meg, both of whom will be talking to me today about women empowerment and about G.W. Wade. One thing I always say Mm -hmm. to clients is, you know, I know that you have a division of laborers at your house, like who's taking out the trash and who's doing the shopping, but financial planning, you do not delegate that. You know, we're talking to women because we want them to come in, we want them to be involved. And, you know, after the processes, you leave like, as if when you have your doctor's appointment, you do your annual checkup and, you know, check all those boxes, you kind of walk out of there saying, okay, we're good, we're good for the year. Good morning. 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 Thanks for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. First, tell us a little bit about GW Wade, and then we can talk about each of you and your backgrounds. So GW Wade is a private wealth management firm located in Wellesley, Massachusetts, and also in Palo Alto, California. We've been in business since the late 80s, over 30 years, serving families in terms of offering a comprehensive, holistic perspective on their uh, private wealth management. We offer services include asset management, financial planning, tax prep, estate planning, implementation of their estate plan, helping them set up things like charitable, donor advised funds, when timing of when to exercise stock options, so anything related to their employee benefits. Wow. One-stop shop. One-stop shop for sure. You have a variety of different talents in your office. Yeah, the counselors in our office have a deep technical background that they bring to the to the client relationship. Uh-huh. You have some people who are CPAs on your staff? We have and CPAs, attorneys? attorneys, MBAs, LLMs in taxation, uh, masters in taxation. So uh-huh. a really wide range of uh, expertise. A lot of talent. Yes. All right. Well, Meg, since you're talking, maybe you can tell me a little about yourself. Um, so I'm financial advisor at uh, G.W. Wade. For, I've worked there for the last eight years. And I came to it kind of in a circuitous route. I started out after law school doing estate planning and tax. Then I went and worked in a big accounting firm, then switched from that to a corporate attorney at Charles Schwab out in San Francisco. So I got my tax, law, and investment management in different places. So Mm -hmm. that that kind of led me to, you know, the perfect combination to become a financial advisor. Uh And that's what you're doing today. And that's what I'm doing today. Work mostly with couples and their families. But probably the, you know, my favorite or most gratifying work is working with women, whether they're single corporate women, whether they're divorced, retirees, widows, whatever the, whatever, however they come whatever in what form. forms, mm-hmm. anything that I can do to help them, you know, give, give them their financial footing is, that's the, the sweet part of my day. It's gratifying say. for yes. you, huh? Yes. All right, and Kelly, tell us about yourself. So my name is Kelly Adams, and I've been with the firm for 13 years. I'm a CFP, which is a certified financial planner, and an EA, which is an enrolled agent. So we can add those two credentials to the list. I know yeah. we have such a long list, it's hard to, to encompass them all. And so I used to, prior to GWM Weed, I worked at State Street. I did corporate investing. So uh, I learned very quickly that I really wanted to work with individuals instead of, you know, just employees of a corporation. And I think we make a much bigger impact on somebody's personal financial life than what I was doing previously. So that's sort of what led me to GWM Wade. And I really wanted a holistic firm that was not selling products and kind of 
you know, trying to sell whatever the highest commission of the day was. I wanted something that I could really dig deep into somebody's financial life and learn about them, learn about their goals, learn about their desires and, you know, what what makes them tick and and how to reach their retirement and education savings and all of those things. So that was an easy transition. Fantastic. Well, I'm sitting with two really talented women, and we're going to talk about empowerment of women today. You could probably have heard from their backgrounds and their enthusiastic description of what their goals are. So I understand you have a program called Women in Wealth. What's that about? Yes, we do. So a few years ago, we started a pro- this program called Women in Wealth, and we started off with a focus group of about eight or so of our clients to ask them, you know, what topics are they interested in? What kind of things would they like to hear about? And they gave us a a great list. We've done working mothers. So we had a, we have a client who wrote a book, My Mother, My Mentor, which was, was excellent. It's an excellent showing. and, And she spoke to everyone about what it's like to be a working mom. We've had health and wealth, which was a nutrition seminar. We've had a couple of those. We've done financial literacy for millennials. Mm-hmm. We've done women in, in wine, kind of a wine tasting. And we've done estate planning. Uh-huh. So we've done several different events uh, where we, we invite our female clients and any guests that they'd like to bring. And, and with a financial literacy topic, we also invited or we did invite uh, the children or nieces. And that was that was excellent because it gave sort of young, the younger generation an opportunity to learn more about finances and how they can improve and how they can make it all great work for them. So check out our website for future upcoming events. We have another one in May that's coming up that will be, I think that'll be a, a wonderful one. So yes, look at our website and, and see what we have upcoming. www.gwwade.com. So gwwade.com. Great. And so how, how do you define empowerment as it relates to women? So I think empowerment really encompasses strength, confidence, and control. Most importantly, control, I would say. I think, you know, once you have control over a situation, whether it be financial or or some other type of situation, I think it allows you to make more informed decisions. It gives you the confidence to make those decisions and be able to move forward with your life. You know, it gives you a voice and it it allows you to, to really know what you're doing and know why you're doing it. Education is an important part of be, having control, too, it seems to me. I think Knowing so. Knowing what to decide to do and what, exor- what control to exercise. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I like to kind of think of it as, you know, we're talking about financial empowerment today, but it can really correlate into anything else. You know, if you think about, you know, when you first go into a classroom, when you're taking a class and you go into the, the, for the first day and you walk in, you know, you're, you're kind of nervous, you're, you're not sure what to expect. You sit down and the first day, you, you might not raise your hand or you might raise your hand with trepidation because you're not so sure of the answer. Right. But by the second, third, fourth class, you get more and more comfortable and you, you gain more control over the situation because you know more of what you're doing. So I think there's a relationship uh-huh. there. I, and I only say that because you just mentioned education. So I thought yeah. of the classroom. Right. Well, I see the sequence. You get more confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. And more, you're more engaged in the process, the more you know. Right. So what is the connection between women and financial empowerment? Well, I'll start out with sort of a fun fact. So women in the U.S. on average live seven years longer than men. So from the get-go, on average, most women are going to have, at some point in their lives, they're going to have sole control of their financial security. Mm-hmm, you're right. So given that, you know, from, you know that, that's a fact. But the reality is today, women working inside, outside the home are so overwhelmed with everything that mm-hmm. I think that 
the idea of beyond paying the bills and filing your taxes, taking your financial awareness to the next level can be overwhelming and scary because either you've never done it, you don't know where to go for help, you don't know how to get started, or maybe you don't want to hear what they might tell you. Like all of a sudden you're going to have to might save more. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but one thing I'll say is sticking your head in the sand <laughs> like an ostrich is definitely not the path to financial True. improvement. Uh, yeah. empowerment. So instead, what Kelly was talking about, education, awareness, those are the first steps that you need to take. Find out, you know, what are you earning? Whether you're, no matter what's, which situation, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, retired, whatever your status in life, it doesn't matter. It applies to everyone. Take note. What are you earning? What are you spending? What assets do you have? What are your debts and liabilities? Do you have an estate plan? Do you have insurance? All these things that there are so many aspects of your financial life that it does feel overwhelming, but, yeah. but you have to get started. Yeah. And that's really the most important thing is get started, make yourself aware, get, get educated, yeah. um, figure out what your goals are, and then you find the right people to help you move forward and yeah. implement that path. And you know, I have a concept called, uh, well, it's not original to me, I just call it baby steps, which is that you know, something that seems overwhelming like financial planning or taking control of your financial life can seem very overwhelming. So taking little bites at a time is actually easier yeah. to manage. The other thing mm-hmm. is it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. It happens over years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we work with clients who might come in in their 40s and they stay through retirement. You know, yeah. they're they're long-term clients and it's life changes and life hits you in different ways and you adjust. And so this is really about because you're informed, you can make better decisions when all of a sudden you have a medical health issue that's, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden you can't work. Or what if, what if all of a sudden you know, one of your kids has an issue that you have to deal with and they have special needs. Or all of a sudden you have a windfall of inheritance. What do you do with that money? You've never had that kind of money to spend yeah. before. How do you manage it? You know, yeah. life throws you all different li- sorts of curves, but now you're going to be a little more in control when they hit you because you have a plan. Right. A little more nimble. Yes. So really good suggestions. I also think about um, how there's so much emphasis on saving for retirement. I often think about how to manage retirement and how to know how much you can live off of and how to manage money in retirement after you're not earning any longer. Right. We focus a lot on that where, you know, clients, they work and say they retire mid 60s, -hmm. you know, because we live so much longer and women live even that much longer. You still have another 20 or 30 years. Yeah, it's a long time. um, You know, you don't all of a sudden just switch to bonds, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, so those are the kind of things that we look at using financial projections and modelings and to help people kind of visualize what their retirement is going to look like. Plus, there's the big unknown of the market. (laughs) <laughs> I yeah. say that after an 1100 point drop exactly, yesterday exactly exactly right. stay the course that's a mm-hmm. guess we have to give people confidence Believe to in stay your allocation. Right. right yeah so how do you help your female clients attain financial empowerment so I think this kind of goes back to baby steps right step by step process so we usually break it down into three steps the first step is know your numbers and what that means is I want you to know three different numbers. And and again, you know, as Meg alluded to, it doesn't matter whether you're single, divorced, married, partnered, whatever it may be, whether you're the person that's paying the bills or not, you need to know these numbers. You know, even if you're not the one in control of the finances, 
you know, if you do know the numbers, then it allows you to make better decisions or more informed decisions when you go to spend money on a new car or, you know, anything for that matter. It could be something as little as your grocery bill. You know, maybe you'll shop a little differently if you know what your budget is. So step one, know your numbers. And so those are three numbers that I want you, I want everyone to know. One is your net worth. So your net worth is all of your assets minus your liabilities. So assets are investment accounts, your 401k plan, any amounts of money that you own, essentially, is the, the easiest way to say it. Then liabilities are your mortgage, your car loan, if you have any, if you have credit card debt. So you take your assets and you subtract out your liabilities, and that that totals your net worth. Does that so include know what that number it is. Your is. assets include your home? A yes. home? Yes. All real Good estate? Point. Yes, so you would include your home in mm-hmm. that in that number, and that's not necessarily a liquid asset, but mm-hmm. it's still part of your net worth. And especially because we're we're deducting your mortgage off of that, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't be fair to not include the yes. your, include the your total home value mm-hmm. yeah. in that equation. So so that's the first number, your net worth. The second number that you should always know, you know, right off the top of your head is your take-home pay. What's your monthly take-home pay? How much are you earning each month on an after-tax basis? And that's either at the household level or at your individual level. Maybe you're married and you're and you keep finances separate. And in that case, you might just want to know your number. Either way, you should always know what your take-home pay is. The third number that you that you need to know is what are your monthly expenses? And this is a big one. This one is probably the hardest one for people to wrap their head around because, you know, I would say that nine times out of 10 clients walk into my office and I say, how much do you spend? And they, they, they'll come up with a ballpark number, but they don't really know. And so one of the exercises we go through is to go through your monthly expenses or your, your annual expenses, and then break that down kind of divided by 12 into a monthly number. And I would say most of the time people are very surprised at what that number is. They it is usually higher than what they they <laughs> estimated. Right. Yeah. And I've had I've had many divorced women that I've worked with that, you know, were not the ones who dealt with the finances in the family. And so they didn't know they didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what their new expenses would be yeah. living alone and, and you know, having utilities and, and whatever else. So it was a really good practice for them to sit down and we sat down together. I've had, as I said, numerous divorce clients that I've sat down with for hours at a time, just going line by line, helping them figure out how much they're spending. And it gave them such a sense of empowerment, uh, back to our and topic, control. and control, yeah, yeah. because they 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 finally knew where those numbers were coming from. And so it allowed them to then, when they go into the grocery store, say, okay, I, I want to keep this to $100 or whatever it may be, whatever that number is. But it just gave them better control over what they were spending and mm-hmm. what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So just to review, step one is know your numbers, know your, your net worth your take-home pay, your monthly take-home pay, and your monthly expenses. Got it. Once you know those numbers, that allows you to go to step two, which is set goals for yourself. Uh-huh. And what that means is maybe you're spending, maybe when you when you figure out your, your take-home and your expenses, maybe you're spending more than you're making. So you want to adjust that. You want to look at your line-by-line expense items and say, you know, we need to cut back on, maybe it's eating out. Maybe, you know, we're doing too much eating out, so I need to cut back on shopping. that. Shopping, yeah. Yes, Vacations, exactly. whatever. Clothing, shopping, vacations, yeah. whatever it may be. So you'll set a goal for yourself, and maybe that goal is I'm only going to spend X amount per month, and I've got to figure out ways to trim what I'm currently spending. So that's one goal. Another goal might be, you know, you look at your net worth, and you plan out, is this enough for retirement? Am I saving enough for retirement? And, and that's when you 
come up with a goal for saving more, saving less. That's not usually mm-hmm. <laughs> something that people need to do is save less, but you know, save more or, or save it differently, strategize a little differently. And so that's how we work with people to you know, deal with step one, knowing their numbers, go to step two, making goal, helping them set goals for themselves. Right. And then the third step is executing the plan. Uh-huh. So you know, figure out the ways that you're going to get to those goals that you that you have set set up for yourself. And so that goal might be save 10,000 more per year. So, okay, that might seem like a daunting number, but break it down into 12 months. You know, let's, 900-ish dollars a month, it seems more doable than $10,000 a year. So, you know, figure out a way to execute the plan that, that you've come up with. So you either, give perspective and make it doable. Exactly, exactly. Yes, yeah, break it down to make it, to make it all work. And these are all things that you can certainly do on your own. You could also do it with the help of, of someone like us who, you know, we've seen a lot over our years, obviously, with our experience. We've seen a lot. And so it allows us to give some, some little tidbits and little tips that might help people in their, in their specific situation. The wisdom of your experience. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it doesn't seem so painful to spend less. Exactly. Right? Or to save more. Yes. And, and, and it gives you a sense of empowerment. When you uh-huh. walk out of the grocery store and you spend $100 instead of your normal 125 you say, I just saved $25. And it, it makes you feel like you have better control and, and you're, oh, helps you three, to move forward. The three steps make it very clear what someone has to do. Like even just step one of uh, your net worth mm-hmm. and your expenses and your take net take-home pay. That's, you know, important to figure out. Just step one is important. It right. can take a little while for someone to look at it. Well, it's easy information to get. Right, right. right? It's very it's easy. easy to access It takes you an hour maybe to, yeah. you know, really go through it all and, and put it down on paper. And, yeah. you know, I always recommend people do that frequently. Uh-huh. Update your net worth on a quarterly basis and, you know, talk to your significant other if you have one about it as well to yeah. make sure you're both aware and informed about well, you're, what you have. You just touched on a very delicate topic, which is the financial conversation between people mm-hmm. and how to have that. Because that's sometimes even married, well, any partnership of any kind, a right. hard conversation to have. It is. And, and typically you... I've noticed, I don't know if Meg has had the same experience, that with a married couple, usually one is in charge of the finances and the other really doesn't know anything. And and that can go male, female, sure. you know, that yep. can go both both ways. But it's interesting to see, but it, it makes sense. It's because one person just enjoys it more or they have more knowledge about it and the other one trusts their their That the other one will other take and, care of it. Right, yeah. right. And it makes sense, but uh, it's also good for the person that, that currently doesn't know Mm-hmm. these things to to really sit down and, and do right. it. And even if you're the one paying the bills, you might think that you are the one that knows what's going on. But, you know, going through the know your numbers and figuring out your net worth, your income and your expenses, that might not be something you're actively doing. You might be paying the bills, but do you really know what those expenses right. are and how much? You're not looking at the big picture. Yeah. Right. right. One the individual thing, check. One thing I always mm-hmm. say to clients is, you know, I know that you have a division of laborers at your house, like who's taking out the trash and who's doing the shopping, but financial planning is not, you do not delegate that. You know, that's kind of, I want, if it's a couple, I want them both to come Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no matter what. And I, you know, we do our best to try to always, we're talking to women because we want them to come in. We want them to be involved. And, you know, after the process is, you know, you've been into five meetings and all of a sudden they're, if they weren't engaged before, they definitely are on. So mm-hmm. when you take out a retirement projection, you show them because now they've seen this before. Yeah. And then we, we tweaked it because they've had some other changes in their lives. Now they get it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, so 
they're looking bigger picture. They're saying, okay, how are we doing? We set this plan in motion. This is kind of what we're hoping to do with our investments. How does this look now? And oh, by the way, so I see now that now we're going to start drawing on our social security at what age? How do I do that? And they're more engaged, like with all these questions. They they lo- they know more. They know what's coming, and they you know they come in much better informed. The meetings go better, and you leave like as if when you have your doctor's point, you do your annual checkup and yeah. you know check all those boxes. You kind of walk out of there saying, okay, we're good. We're good for the year, whatever it is. But the point is, don't. Don't delegate that. You need to be part part owner of, of the plan, part owner of everything it takes to get yeah. you there. Well, there's another aspect of that, too, which is the retirement accounts are individual to the person. They're not joint. So each person just kind of pays attention to their own often. You know, how much are they contributing to their own retirement account? And they don't necessarily see what the other partner, spouse, for example, is contributing to theirs. And if they're together looking at their retirement assets as a common pot, even though it's not common, then they're looking at the retirement together and, and planning together, you know, how much you're going to contribute to each one of their retirement accounts based on what their earnings are. Right, exactly. And so it's a common a joint, decision, you know, financial decision between the two of them. And it builds and a stronger relationship. And will help them with their allocation yeah. in, the, in their retirement accounts as well, their 401k, whatever that they, employee benefits they have at work and how they're contributing. Yeah. We'll talk about that with them. So if there's a cash flow issue, maybe this year you're going to contribute more, but you're not because you're paying for college now or, you know, whatever comes up and you talk about it together. Right. And we make sure that it's cohesive. The the entire plan is cohesive, not just her account, his account. So I often go to my clients' houses because I've you know, because of the fact that sometimes it's difficult to get one or the other. Usually it's it's the woman in the relationship. It's harder to get them to come to the office. But if I go to the house, then mm-hmm. it's it's a lot easier to mm-hmm. get both mm-hmm. of them involved. So it's that important to you that both of them be involved, that you go to the ve- house. It's yeah. very it's important. It's yeah. a great service. I think that's the most important thing, that they're aware of what's going on. And, yeah. and I find that, that women tend to, once they have a goal, once they have a plan, they are excellent at meeting that at, at, at attaining those goals yeah. and following through on them. So I think it's, that's also a reason that it's important for them to be involved. Yeah. So what surprises you initially when you meet with female clients? For me, one of the things that I that is surprising to me is how capable my clients are and they don't seem to realize it. Uh-huh. Right. So I'll meet them and we'll start to I'll get their story over time from a number of meetings and so the, the same woman that might have come in and said, I don't know what I'm doing, and then all of a sudden you learn they did this in college, they held this career, they've been taking care of a sick parent, they have they have you know all these other outside things that they're doing they in their skills. lives, yeah. right? And you sit there and say, you have accomplished so much. Personal finance, it, trust me, and compared to that, it's very doable. Uh-huh. You know, you, you know you, all you need to do is arm yourself with the, the willingness to do it, Surround yourself with good people can help you get it done and then stick with it. Yeah. And so I find that, you know, women are, you know, they underestimate themselves all the time. Mm. And and generally they're very, very capable. Mm-hmm. And so what advice would you give a woman when she's trying to achieve financial empowerment? Well, I, I think first and foremost, it's being aware and taking control. You know, don't don't look backward, look forward at, at where you want to be and, and how you can get there, you know baby steps. Again, make it attainable, make it easy. And just, you know, it's just reinforcement of everything that we just said that, you know, you go through this three-step process, know those numbers. I can't say enough, know your numbers. That is, that's really the, the, 
I think the one thing, if people take anything away from this podcast, the one thing that I want them to take away is know your numbers and go home and, and sit down and do it right away while it's still fresh in your mind and while you're still ready for that financial empowerment. Mm-hmm. Good message. Hey, Meg, do you have anything to suggest? What advice you'd give? I think that you need to just take the long view of it. Yeah. Surround yourself with really knowledgeable people and be in a, if you're in a relationship, be someone who's supportive of the long-term plan. So you do it together and life is going to throw you a curveball every now and then. And, you know, I think you're, if you're well armed with information and, and where your assets lie and what your spending is and so forth, you'll be able to manage any kind of financial thing that comes your way. And then, so just take the long view. And, and, you know, have a plan and stick with it and get on with your life. Oh, that's a good plan. So people don't worry about um, the market fluctuations. Huh? <laughs> yes. Believe in your allocation. Stay the course. Okay. Good message. So how can our audience reach you? So you can reach us on our website. Our website is www.gwwade.com. That's gwwade.com. And your offices are located in Wellesley, in Wellesley Massachusetts. Massachusetts, right? And, and also Palo Alto, California. Right. Yes. Well, thank you, Kelly Adams and Meg Wellborn, for joining me today on Inside Divorce. I know you've given us a lot of very valuable information for empowering women financially. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like more information about the topics covered in our podcast, please contact us at Grossman & Associates. You'll find a confident and experienced team of compassionate, responsive, and innovative legal professionals. Email me at hindel at grossmanltd.com. My first name is spelled H-I-N-D-E-L-L. Or call us at 617-969-0069. Thank you for listening.